good position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which... That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite the deals! Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of... It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, friends and neighbors. Welcome to episode number 194 of the Best Linux Games Podcast, being recorded for you on this Friday the 13th. Again! Again! Friday the 13th! It's like the fifth, it's like the 50th episode that we've done of this podcast since it's in, well, no, not, oh, it's the 50th episode that we've done uh, on a Friday the 13th since the last two months of the podcast. Um, but anyway, uh, yes, I'll be recorded for you on this Friday, the uh, 13th of July, uh, 2018, uh, at 21.58 p.m. Pacific Coast time, left coast, the coast with the most, that would make it for our sequel friends, the one true, the one true people, uh, you know, uh, 2018-07-13, at 21.58, XX, 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 colon XX, XX, um, Crack Engineer, Ivor Molina over there in the booth keeping the show running. Smooth! Double-edged smooth Ivor Molina. That's actually his middle name is Double-edged Smooth. All hyphenated. Uh, Crack Engineer, Ivor Molina over there in the booth holding up the whiskey sign, which is a fantastic idea, Ivor. Cheers! Mmm! Mmm! 
God. This week, I've I've gone through more fucking black velvet this week than you can fucking possibly imagine. It has been a rough week for the old Scooby Sprite and uh, concerning the booze. I mean, if you've watched the news at all, ever one second this week, your head has exploded. It has been a hellish fucking news week. Um... Yeah, I'm not even going to talk about the Peter Strzok hearing uh, the other day, which I had to cover. I watched all fucking ten hours of it, and oh boy, I mean, it blew my mind. Never seen anything like that before in my life. Never imagined I would see anything like that in America in my lifetime. It was fucking horrifying. It was like the McCarthy hearings, but without like the rhetorical fucking, um, well, without the rhetorical honesty uh, but also, also without like the 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 actual um, what do you call it? Uh, rhetorical firepower to logically argue and debate in a forensic sense. Any of the points that these—I mean, it was so obviously a fucking horrendous witch hunt. But we're not going to talk about that. I mean, it really deeply upset me. It ruined my whole fucking week. And that was not even the worst thing that happened this week. But anyway, I thought we were leaving NATO. Which is just fucking amazing. And then on Monday, ah, uh, well, hey, you know, at least uh, for NZMB, by the way, for friend of the show, NZMB, who happens to live in uh, Germany, um, and who I, he, he might be on vacation right now because I haven't seen him on Steam lately, but uh, I know that he will probably listen to this episode of the show. And I want to read him a tweet that. I wrote a tweet that I wrote. Like you write a tweet. Yeah. No. No, you don't write a tweet. You just tweet a tweet. That's why it's a fucking tweet. Anyway, except in the case of the president, because all of those are fucking official fucking White House correspondence and shit. Those go in the history books. Jeez. Anyway. Um, I want to read a tweet about Trump's appearance at NATO for NZNB. Specifically for my main man NZMB to hear. I think you might like it too. Friends and neighbors, wherever wherever you may be, I think you might like it as well. Um let's see if I can find it. Oh, I have two of them. Well, first one. We should ask Lord Buckethead for comment, both on Pimpop 5000, but also the giant scary orange maniac clown our country has sent to Britain. Maybe Lord Buckethead and Pimpop 5000 could team up and fight him, like in Godzilla or Rampage. You remember the old video game Rampage? Or something? Maybe Jet Jaguar? Um, and I have two tweets about NATO. Uh, first one, this is from two days ago. Man, I don't know why everyone is making such a big deal about Trump at the NATO breakfast this morning. Uh, interrupting myself here. Uh, if you have not seen that insane speech slash tirade slash harangue slash... I mean, this guy doesn't drink. He has no excuse for this kind of fucking behavior. It was grotesque in extremis. What what he did at this breakfast lecturing like these <laughs> lecturing Nate. I mean, it was too, oh my god, um, man! I don't know why everyone is making such a big deal about Trump at the NATO breakfast this morning. I thought it was great. He especially reached out to Merkel, 
by screaming, Russia absolutely controls Germany, he howled. So you see, he was trying to find things in common with her. Um, the, anyway, the implication being that uh, mind-bendingly crazy president. And also, yesterday, I said, I tweeted, I'm excited to leave NATO. You know, get out there and see the world as it was in the 19th and 20th centuries again. Because, you know, really, I'm tired of just playing World War III, the video game. I want to live it all 20 minutes of it. <laughs> so we have a huge show for you lots of excellent games we're going to be talking about lots of excellent games let's get straight to our top story shall we yes I believe we shall more whiskey Ivor you're fired mmm mmm and thus concludes the Trump Maristan which you can find my flipboard, I keep a flipboard at least every other day for the last hundred and, you know, 400 and 500, whatever fucking days of the Trump administration, at least every other day, I post a news story, oh shit, my phone god damn it how do I shut off this iPad oh fuck me harder oh god one moment, please, while I... Oh, no, 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 Where's the power button? What are you doing, Dave? Open the paw bay doors, Hal. I'm afraid I can't do that, Dave. Anyway, so... Why is my Service Pro 4 frozen? Oh, this is just great. Luckily, it's frozen with my notes open, so we can still stick to the rundown. AI war, motherfucker. Um, and phone on mute. There we go. Jesus. Okay, so we already talked about how it's Friday the Thirteenth again. It, it's easily, literally, the fifth time in four years that we've done a Friday the Thirteenth show. We've talked about it at length in other episodes, though. So explore those. Feel free. I challenge you. I dare you. <laughs> Only the daring will go and, and dig those up. But uh, there's no column this week. Again, I've been very fucking busy talking to this. Anyway. And I've been printing my ass off 3D printer-wise. This Prusa i3 Mark III that I got is fucking unbelievable. It is an amazingly excellent 3D printer. I would highly recommend that, you know, especially if you're looking for a second printer that's like, you know, like you learned on like a generic Prusa, like a hick top or something else made in China. Maybe, you know, like like I built mine myself and stuff like that. But um if you're looking for like the upgrade, like the universal upgrade from whatever printer you may have started with, um and which you know you've learned on, the Prusa I3 Mark III, oh my god, it is amazing. The comfort, the quality of life and comfort features that it has are just ridiculous. Um, very, very sophisticated. And now my Surface Pro 4. Ah, there we go. Aha! It's awake! It's awake again! Alright, well, shit! Alright, well, we're falling apart here already. This is pretty good. It's Pro Forma. So, there's no column this week. I've been very busy. There you go. Um, our feature this week is actually not a feature. It is a full review. It's our review of Everspace. Which, if you've been watching our Twitch channel... 
our Twitch stream, you've seen one of two things probably over the last four or five days, with the exception of Beardy J, who got to experience Depression the Game with me, Soda Girls, Take Care of the Paperwork, Richie's Nightmares, and Rive. That was a fun morning. I got very drunk and just yelled at him. <laughs> he was the only person watching. And I was just yelling at, at fucking Beardy J. Anyway, Beardy J, if you're listening, cheers, man. That was fun. Um, so we have a full review of it. And if you've been watching the Twitch stream this week, all you have seen is one of three things. Uh, Everspace and the Pinball Arcade and Hyperspace Dogfights. Those are the only three games that you will have seen on the Twitch stream. And you will see more of Everspace because, you know, I want to keep streaming it for after now that, you know, like we'll have a full review of it up. So that's cool. Also, in our top stories, one of uh, the perennial favorites for this for this podcast, my personal perennial favorite, uh, favorites uh, um, of the games that we've covered has been Road Redemption, which is the Road Rash-esque uh, Sega Genesis style or Windows 98 if you want to want to take it to the computer dimension but Road Redemption just had a major update and I have not gone to play it because I just noticed that this happened today right before we were about to start recording the podcast but here's what they say in their change log for July 12th which is yesterday July 20th update, 2018 update, uh, improved physics, better multiplayer, player versus player combat. Change log. Easier to navigate around walls and other obstacles, leading to overall faster and smoother gameplay. Online multiplayer, player versus player combat. More fulfilling, now with better physics. Adjusted nitro and ammo pickups. And adjusted number of cops on the scene. Which is... I mean, I'm intrigued, because I love this game. I fucking played 32 hours of this game in one week. That's like a full-time job. Um, It's almost, you know, like 40 hours a week. Almost 40 hours a week. Uh, So I'm really excited to to, uh, check out what they've done with Road Redemption. I haven't played it in, you know, like nine months or whatever. Um, But even better, right now, through July 19th, Road Redemption is 50% off down from $19.99 $9.99 so check that out um, if you like and if you never played Road Rash we're talking um, motorcycle uh, combat It's but it's racing with motorcycles, with weapons like you know machine gun, like Uzis and bats and shit in a race setting where you and the whole one of the nice things that Road Redemption does is it frames the entire action into a roguelike um, kind of structure where it's a multi it's a circuit it's a circuit by circuit uh, race, which is really cool. Um, and you have different objectives for each race that are randomly assigned. It's really cool. I've been it like maybe seven times. It's a fun game. And it's fun online, too, so the multiplayer improvements, I can't wait to see if they work or if they don't. Um, yeah, and so that that brings us to our... Yeah, we're going to have the new and noteworthy. We're doing a full show for you this week. Uh, new and noteworthy. Hit him with it, Ivar. 
I was a North American fall when worm in my former life. Here are the newest and most noteworthy titles from this week. Alright, so we have huge news in our new and noteworthy. And this, I want to say a big sloppy wet thank you to, I think his name was like maybe seven I's or L's. Um, followed by OYDE, who also uh, hung out with me for quite a while on the Twitch stream. It's fun hanging out on the Twitch stream, man. It's great. Like, I, one of my friends, Stick Figure, he just fucking, he doesn't even play games anymore. He just fucking hangs out on the, I mean, I play games. I try to. I, I try to keep it as tight as I can, but, you know, I have to have a life, too. But, uh, <laughs> Um, hit me to the fact that, and they did not advertise this, or at least it, it, it escaped my uh, invincible ring of uh, whatever, but Arma 3 A-R-M-A space 3 which oh man, has to be two years ago I want to say the extreme one or the infamous one the infamous one, who I haven't seen lately. Hope he's doing well. The infamous one about two years ago mentioned he's he was big into Arma. He was he's a Windows gamer, but he he, he flirts with Linux. Boo! Um, yeah, he's a good guy. <coughs> um, the infamous one mentioned about two years ago that Arma. I think it was. I don't even know if it was Arma two yet, or if it was Arma three yet. But that Arma was actively working. Um, on an unpublicized beta branch with Linux support. Now, why does this matter? And, you know, so I forgot about it because it was two years ago. Why does this matter? Well, Arma 3 happens to be one of the most popular first-person shooters out there. I mean, Player Unknown, Battlegrounds or whatever, or, or Battlefield, Battlegrounds or whatever is more popular, I'd imagine. Um, but I've never played it. Um, and Counter-Strike is is obviously still more popular. CSGO is probably still more popular. But Arma 3 builds itself as the following. This is something that has... We really don't have this kind of game for Linux. Arma 3. Experience true combat gameplay in a massive military sandbox. Deploying a wide variety of single and multiplayer content, over 20 vehicles and 40 weapons, and limitless opportunities for content creation, this is the PC's premier military game. Authentic, diverse, open, Arma 3 sends you to war. It's a first-person shooter in the tradition of, like, uh, uh, Battlefield... What was the battlefield where like you were in Desert Storm? That was a good game. I was a fucking master Blackhawk pilot in that game. I wrote a column about that, actually, for this show, um, not for the paper. Uh, that's inter- I, that's weird. I'm getting old. It's 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 all blurring together. So Arma Three, like we're talking, like you fly. It's it's a first person shooter with fucking unbelievable graphics. Like you f- you can fly helicopters, airplanes. You have full modern warfare tactical kit. Um, drive Humvees. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, oh, there's even scuba in this game? I've only gotten to play it for three minutes. But here's the thing. Arma 3 
I can't even find where where they even on their 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 Steam store in the Steam store client in the Steam client I on their store page I can't even find where they added Linux support yet, and it's not listed under their system requirements. But oh, by the way, one PC gamer editor's choice. One game of the year, PC Gamer Game of the Year, Best Simulation 2013. Mm, recent reviews, mostly positive, 1,233. All reviews, very positive, 72,671. So the fact that this game, thank you, Odie, who told me about this, Arma 3 has stealthily deployed through Steam for your Linux box. Now, it does that does carry one caveat. It, it it does have limited multiplayer functionality, although theoretically it is supposed to be able to matchmake with your Windows using friends. You need to convert them, but that's okay. I mean, like I meant that uh, that was a joke. I just realized that the way that sentence came out sounded like it might be serious, like you might actually have to do something. No, you just fucking blah. You you buy the game, which is like uh thirty nine dollars and ninety nine cents, Arma three, and uh, theoretically you can play it with your Windows friends in multiplayer. But there is a single player campaign, and this is just a huge game to have available for Linux. All you have to do, though. I mean, and they, they make no warranty about uh, multiplayer working when you're matchmaking with Windows people. I have not played the game yet. I mean, I, I made sure it ran because I couldn't believe it. Um, but have done little more than that. It looks just as impressive, you know, running on my mid-18 box with uh, my uh, 1080 Ti, my, G, uh, uh, my NVIDIA 1080 Ti. It looks just as great. I, I want to play it with VR, though. I want to see if VR works on this motherfucker. VR right now I'm having some issues with. But the point is... Two more points about Arma 3. That's A-R-M-A 3. Albert, Richard, Mango, Albert. 3, as in the magic number, as in Bob Duro. Um, two major points, though before you run right out and buy this for 40 bucks um first is that they make ex- and this is this is these are things that I really appreciate when developers do this this way when you boot it up on your Linux machine you're there's like a, a splash screen with a, an explicit warning and it's a multi-premised explicit warning that tells you exactly where you stand with Arma 3. I wish they had this on their store page as a news announcement or maybe stickied to their store page. And I also wish that they added Linux to the system requirements because right now it just says Windows 7 SP1, Service Pack 1, 64-bit. It does not say anything about fucking Linux or SteamOS or anything. But the the explicit disclaimer that that uh, pops up when you when you first boot it up on your Linux box uh, tells you everything else I told you already, but also that they have no. I mean, it's not that they have no plans for working on the Linux port of Arma, 
but that it will not be concurrently um, updated alongside with their main branch for Windows and stuff. This will break, it's one of the reasons why multiplayer compatibility might be inconsistent in terms of like you and your Windows friends because everyone has to be running the same version of the game and the server I think to to for to match make correctly um and Linux will always be lagging behind there are no set update schedules for the Linux port of Arma 3 but the way it was written I wish I could find this fucking announcement um without having to open the game because it, it's 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 basically like everything that you kind of want to hear from a developer. Like, even though it kind of sucks that, like, you know, we're still going to be second-class citizens in comparison to their Windows development and we'll, you know, blah. I did buy the game. I, I run it. Um, and I've waited for so long for Arma 3. So we can check Arma 3. I mean, just any game like Arma 3. First-person shooter, realistic first-person tactical shooter with vehicles, like you know, battlefield crossed with Counter Strike crossed, you know, blah, blah 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 blah. Heavy real, heavy emphasis on realism with any sort of multiplayer, you know, com- component is absolutely something I've been waiting for for forever. Um, so, in the one sense, it's great that they actually totally tell you this up front. So we'll see how well they support it. But then there's one other thing that they don't tell you after you buy Arma Three and download it. Uh, you should stop the download. And uh, stop all the downloading, and get and uh, get in your your Steam client. Right click on the Arma Three thing in your list or whatever in your library, and go to properties. Go to uh, D, the um, the beta thing. The be- it's on the far right. You know beta participation, and switch it to the development branch, and you will be able to play Arma Three on your Linux box. Really cool. I wish they, I mean, it's only been out since uh, September 12th, 2013. So it's only like six years now. Uh, <laughs> but hey, we have beta support for Linux now that probably no one is playing it online. I'm just, I'm, I'm just being a Debbie Downer now. So that's really cool. And thank you to uh, Bohemia Interactive for giving it the old college try. As I've always said, as I said once, on Jupiter Broadcasting's uh, Linux Unplugged show um, about uh, Linux support for games. Um, yeah, you know, every development path has innumerable fucking items on it, even especially post-release. Linux support is always at the bottom of that, and you know what happens to the things that are at the bottom of that list? They never get done. Never, ever, ever. Generally. But since Steam came to Linux, or Linux came to, yeah, Steam came to Linux, adopted Linux as its, you know, blah, threw its weight behind it, Arma 3 has now come to Linux. In a, uh, you know, I, see, that's one of the things that, like, I wish that there, like, if we don't get the same multiplayer support, then I wish that we didn't have to pay the same fucking full price for the game, but anyway, we'll see you'll hear more about Arma 3 because I'm sure to be playing it more over the coming week um, the other two items that we have uh, in our new and noteworthy are oh, uh, yeah, I mentioned that it's $39.99, right? 
Yeah, it's 40 bucks. Or you can get the Apex Edition, which is $69.99, and I think I got that one. It includes... Yes, I do have this. The Apex Edition includes... Hang on. It includes Arma 3 jets, Arma 3 helicopters, and Arma 3 carts, which are like, it's 12, it's 24. Oh my god, they made a karting game out of Arma 3. Like a go-karting game. That's awesome. And that's something that I remember about uh, what the infamous one told me forever ago was that Arma 3 had one of the most active um, Steam Workshop fucking communities on the planet. Like, they make all sorts of crazy shit. He said that it reminded him of Quake, of the original Quake. And I don't know if you're old as Dart like I am, and as old as NZMB. NZMB's, er, I mean, not NZMB. NZMB's a young man in comparison to myself. No, NZMB's also older. But um, the infamous one if you remember the the development ecosystem surrounding Quake, because that was the game that broke the mold. That was the game that actually, sh- you know, shipped with an SDK and blah, and we pirated it, you know, like fucking a year and a half before it ever fucking... Hey, that's a different story. Um, so, like, that was what brought about the democratization of game content that is now carried through to the present day. Um in lots, in so many of these uh, first person shooters and other games, and uh, you know, blah and that's one of the reasons why Valve came to, get, like Valve came to Linux for their Steam OS because they realized that the future of video gaming is actually not in providing a single game experience, but providing a game experience that also is a platform that you can modify and also is a social platform that it's so that like everyone can modify it and everyone can talk to each other and play with each other and evolve so that instead of having the limited shelf life of um you know like a a very a very uh what do you call it um pissy when it comes to dealing with modifications and stuff like that uh type of game that's like meant to stand like a fucking pillar on some fucking you know rocky promontory no we want everyone to come in we want them to buy the game we want them all to play it and talk to each other and meet each other and make friends and keep playing the game then with your new friends which makes the game even better and you know you have to have a a good game first of all but then we want them all to modify the game endlessly that relieves all of the pressure for having to keep um, a really good build engine, a really good engine, and a really good game design um, constantly new and what do you call it? Um, New and still relevant Um, because down that road lies a lot of really shitty dishonest shit that developers developers and the marketeers behind them have schemed out over the last, you know, 15-18 years such as downloadable content packs, which I have no problem with, provided that when I buy the game I need to know if it ships with, if, if you know and how much it's going to be to get the downloadable content packs or whatever 
at release, you know, like if it's post release, like Arma 3, like where you're coming at its sidelong, then I don't mind so much that, you know, there are downloadable content packs. And I want those downloadable content packs to be really good. They had better be really fucking good. And they better be reasonably priced. And they had better be reasonably priced in proportion to the game that I originally bought. And if I'm buying your game and I'm not buying the DLCs, I want to know that I'm not buying it with all the DLCs, which is one thing that Steam does fairly well. So anyway, that's Arma 3, which is big news. Um, For me, I mean, it is. I mean, if I think for everyone. See, I, I don't remember. See, because we don't because we are the Best Links Games podcast, we don't get to play a lot of games that have ever been on Windows. So it's very rare that I see a store page where the all reviews thing at the very top underneath the blurb for a game say very positive and have a number in the same range or proximate to 72,671. So now you too can become, can join in that number like the Saints go marching in. So, up next, we have Slime Son, a game that I don't get to play as much as I like. This is a uh, side-scrolling puzzle platformer in the truest puzzle platformer uh, timed sense. It's retro graphics. I mean, very retro, with a very um, uh, interesting take, quote-unquote interesting take, on the uh, color palette. It reminds me a lot of Sea Dragon. Dragon! Um, early, early uh, Apple IIe Tandy T1000 series games. Um, although Sea Dragon I don't think ever ran on the Tandy. But anyway. Um, and Slime Son just released a new Oh, God. Yeah, okay, cool. A new edition of itself. It's called Slime Son. That's S-L-I-M-E hyphen S-A-N. Like as in, Dinosaur. Slime Son. Super Slime Edition version, which is $14.99. It has, it's totally different from the previous games. Um, from what I've seen. I've not gotten to play it though because I just uh, yeah the one game that I have is uh, Slime Son Black Be- Blackbird's Kraken, which is three dollars and ninety nine cents. That's that's really good. But super but Slime Son Super Slime Edition is like a totally new game. If you want to know if you're gonna like it, I would recommend buying Blackbird's Kraken for four bucks. I really like this game. If you've played Super Meat Boy or any other or like N plus plus. Any other puzzle, any other platformer, M plus plus is probably closer than Super Meat Boy. Uh, it, both in terms of like, ah, well, we have these set pieces. Each level is basically a puzzle where you have to actually mechanically maneuver. It's not like you know flipping switches or switching flippage, flip flippages. Um, don't switch the flip. I mean, don't flip the switch. Switch the flip. Um, that are self-contained, uh, but are, but the gameplay is styled so that you're reliant on your actual in mastery of, it's a skills-based game, that's what I'm trying to say, Jesus Christ, um, and it's really hard, it's, 
it's like Super Meat Boy hard. Like Super Meat Boy is like a game that like wants to hit you because you cry. Fucking I, I, man, it's been a long time since I've said that on the podcast. Um, Slime Son just doesn't give a fuck if you're crying or not. In fact, it just cares if you're alive because if you're alive, that means it needs to kill you more, and it's gonna fuck you up. It really, 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 really gets intoxicatingly difficult. Um, but the controls are so tight and so good that it's like a sadomasochistic, you know, self-abuse cycle almost where you can't stop playing. Because it's like, oh yeah, I died again. Oh, who cares? I've died a hundred times in the last 20 minutes. So that's fine. Let's see. What I got, but I know, I know, I know. I could just make that the one jump. But how am I gonna? Oh God! It's really good. Um, now, if you're not interested in paying anything at all, as one of my favorite, as Raul Julia, mm, God rest his soul, in a secret movie that I will not name on this podcast, because it is possibly my all-time favorite film ever made. Literally, if it's not number one, it's in the top three. And the other two are also classified. But, in the immortal words of Raul Julia as his character in this film, how much do none at all cost? None at all, sir! Yes, what if I prefer to do without? Do without? Entirely. They're talking about uh, the ball and chain for being incarcerated there. How about none at all is very expensive. <laughs> How expensive? Will you take credit? Um, if you prefer to go with none at all in terms of slime son, slime son, uh, you can get the free demo of Slime Son, uh, which I think I think that's I don't know if it's universal across Blackbeard Blackbird's Kraken. I hate that name. Blackbird, not Blackbeard. It's like fuck you, just call it, it's a pirate themed game. Hey, but they're just fucking weird. Um <laughs> the game is really weird too. Cause you're a ball of slime, by the way. You gotta check out the the art 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 and uh graphics for this. But uh yeah, they moved the free demo away from Slime Son Blackbird's Blackbird's Kraken to Slime Son uh, Super Slime Edition. You can still get it and play it. Just fucking go to their store site. All the links are in the, the show blurb for this week. So that's cool too. Also, and finally in our new and noteworthy, and then we'll get to our review. I know, I've actually we're kind of running, running to steam. I played this game for two minutes. Um, we have one more new game. It's called The Free Ones. The Free Ones. Like, it's, like, binary, but, um, after, after the ones have escaped from the zeros. Uh, The Free Ones. (laughs) F-R-E-E. That made no sense. Free Ones build itself as Follow Theo's dizzying adventure in first-person platformer The Free Ones. Soar through the air with your grapple, blaze a trail through the canyons, and take part in an extraordinary story. The Free Ones is a first-person uh, pseudo-parkour game 
I, I, I've, I've played it 4.1 hours this week because I only found it this afternoon right before I started preparing for the podcast. But the free ones, it's very pretty. I don't know if I like it. Currently, the, rev- the recent reviews, all reviews have been mixed at 13, but it only came out yesterday. I th- This game has serious potential because it's almost parkour with a grappling hook. And if you know me, as, you know, like, Joe Baca or anyone else who's ever played anything that I've designed, um, the all like, every game, in fact, the game, the, the, the major game that I've been developing over the last two years, every game needs a fucking grappling hook, otherwise it's not a game to me. I mean, it's like, wow, we're, this is really great, man. Where's the grappling hook? So, again, we just reconnected back to original Quake, because that was the first Quake mod that just destroyed the world. User create, ah, well, you have the grappling hook mod? You need the grappling hook mod. Play on our server. So the free ones is like a parkour dynamic movement style first person parkour thing with this pseudo steampunk environment. You are a slave is how it starts and that's, you get you get this grappling hook and then you can escape and so you're just like running. I haven't encountered any enemies or anything. Um, and don't believe that mixed review thing. You'll hear more about the free ones if it's any good and if I find any chance, any time to play it. But right now through July 19th, the free ones is 10% off down from $13.99 at $14.99 down to $13.49. And it is very pretty. And you have a grappling hook. And it's a cool... It's I hate steampunk, by the way, but this is a cool grappling hook kind of thing. Like, you have, like, this button release on it, and you can, like, grapple something, and then jump as you're being pulled towards it. And so you can hurl yourself. If you've played Valley, it's kind of like Valley. Valley, like, has you in a mechanized, um... mechanized 1940s era um... steel pneumatic fucking driven leg set that lets you just like run around and jump like enormous distances like half a kilometer and shit that's kind of the way it looks like the free ones might be shaping up um but it's very pretty and they they, they did a good job with what, what I saw so far so that's our new noteworthy now based on with it I want on to our review not our feature our review this week in accordance with the laws and regulations regarding the internet within your local jurisdiction, Best Linux Games Podcast now presents you with a dose of clap. Just kidding, motherfuckers. It's review time. Yes, so now our very much heavily anticipated review of Everspace. For those of you who don't know what Everspace is, we've talked about it a lot on this show since it came to Linux, only a couple of months ago. Um, I've only been playing it for like a month now. I've been playing it very heavily, though. I've, I've got 74 hours logged in it, and I've beaten it as well. But you'll find out. No, anyway. So Everspace is an intoxicating mix. I'm sorry if you can hear my 3D printer right now. It is... It's either my 3D printer or my rats are clicking on something. Let me see if I can hear it. Anyway, doesn't matter. So Everspace. Everspace is a beautiful, I mean, fucking visually stunning, like, 
Mad Max is still the fucking ultimate high water mark for visual beauty in a video game for me. Everspace might be second. Then third would be like Xbox 360 uh, uh, Elder Scrolls Oblivion. And then fourth might be uh, Skyrim. Uh, Somewhere in there we'd have to fit in Bayonetta and other things. Anyway, Everspace though is just like Descent Free Space which was one of the first games that um, well it wasn't one of the first games because it was like maybe the fifth really really pretty um, open space combat simulations that was like also arcadey at the same time it was very easy to pick up and play um, six degrees of freedom but simplified for you for for play on like a Gravis gamepad or a blah that is exactly what Everspace is like but wait there's more I can't remember Descent Free Space too well anymore because I'm fucking old as I've mentioned and since then I've probably played 10,000 maybe 15,000 video games I'm kind of shocked and horrified it might be more might be much more but anyway What's cool about Everspace is it takes all of the best stuff of Descent Free Space, the stunning visuals. I mean stunning visuals. You will fly through the uh, well anyway. It takes all of that stuff, the, the, the stunning visuals, the excellent arcade style controls, easy to manage and understand weapon systems, simple but still rewarding uh, combat ship to ship and then breaks it out of the free space mold which if I remember correctly was entirely scripted it was heavily scripted it was yeah okay well fine you know it was mission based breaks it out of that puts it in a roguelike model where you can fly in the cockpit too which is the way I like to fly because blah um with just a generic you know uh, six button, two stick and a D-pad controller um, my the one that I've, I've been playing with is $19.99 um, you lose the ability to rotate your ship uh, to, to, um, to roll your ship but it does it all for you automatically which is only very, very, very rarely is it at all um, not only it's almost never irritating, but very, 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 very rarely is it ever an issue with doing anything. Like, so you don't need to worry about that. Breaks all of that stuff out into a roguelike, where it's like faster than light, like FTL, faster than light. Um, where you're you're going across uh, the uh, individual warp pockets in a larger area, and at the end is a jump gate that takes you to the next area, and there are only uh, so many areas, because you do have a goal to get to, which is really cool. That's the other nice thing about Everspace, is it has a good story. Um, And it's got great voice acting, good story, fantastic graphics, excellent controls, 
I only play it in the first person in the cockpit because the cockpit is rendered so nicely and lots of things about the cockpit and the heads up display that you have in there, which, you know, you can have outside of the cockpit too um, in like the chase cam mode or whatever. Uh, But lots of the other stuff, the details in the cockpit tell you many other things. Like what type of ship am I flying? Because at the start of every run, you get to pick your ship and you can unlock more ships with credits that you get on every run. You have to spend all your credits before you start a new run. Um, and you can spend them on, unlike Descent Free Space, in Everspace, they're not, the two games are not connected, by the way. They're not, this is not a sequel to Descent Free Space. Although it is, in a sense, a spiritual sequel to Descent Free Space, I would say. Um, unlike Descent Free Space, in Everspace, you can upgrade you have two kinds of upgrades. You have upgrades that are permanent. All, all upgrades are permanent. But those but the ones that are like carry over from in between ship to ship are the ones that you you apply to your pilot. And it's like fucking 20 different types of upgrades. Uh and it I'm 74 hours into the game and I have not unlocked everything in the game. In fact, I'm not even close. But then there's another category of upgrades which are the specific to the type of ship you want to fly. Um, and these all, all of these are permanent. Once you spend the money on them, these are available for your use at every run. But mm, there are also another, like 15, and it depends on the ship though, the variety and the, the type of upgrades that are available, which all provides a nicely balanced um roguelike experience where everything is procedurally generated it's always different every time the challenge is still very daunting I mean very daunting it's nowhere near as as deeply daunting as Dead Cells but Everspace is not in, in early access anymore it's a finished game so then during your run you can manage your ship's equipment and systems and in fact you can get blueprints that allow you to, if you have the right materials at any given moment, whenever you feel like it, if you've had the blueprint before um, and blueprints carry over from run to run, you can manufacture almost anything. It's, it's seriously like it takes, you know, 10, 15 seconds to click the, you know, three buttons, figure out what it is you really wish you had right now when you need something and then to make it and then to use it and make more of it or whatever um, it is designed to play for speed that's that's the thing um, and one of the reasons why I prefer the in cockpit view by the way is that the cockpit itself visually in a graphic sense tells you a lot about the current status of your ship um, and I'm, I'm not going to tell you anything about the story because if you know me I do not ruin the story at all for any game that has a story um, but suffice it to say, you wake up in the middle of space in a in a space station, and there's a ship waiting for you, and you get on the ship, and it's a fighter, and it has an AI. This is the first ten seconds of the game, by the way, NZMB. So if you if you're tuning out, then fuck you. Anyway, and the 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 AI on the ship, which talks to you constantly. Not constantly in like the Zelda, hey, listen, kind of way, but in like 
very often useful information, great voice acting. Your character replies with great voice acting. Um, Because you do have a character. This is not some nameless, faceless roguelike. This is... This is a serious space opera arcade game that you can play for the rest of your entire life. But the cockpit itself visually conveys a lot of information to me and to pilots who, like, know what the fuck they're doing. Um, like, oh, okay, like, I can tell by the shape of the cockpit what ship I'm flying, which is great. Um, even though I know what ship I'm flying, generally, but sometimes if you're really stoned and, you know, you, you stop a run in the middle because, you know, you have to go eat a bunch of cheese sticks or whatever, um, because you're stoned, um, and then you feel like playing pinball before you pass out, you can just fucking stop the run. You save, you know, you don't have to save the game or anything. You just exit the game traditionally and you can resume the run again. Just press continue when you boot up the game again. This is important for guys like me and NZNB who, because like I've experienced the unmitigated horror of uh, Rise of the the, uh, Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider because we raid the tombs to read the tomes we don't raid the tomes to read the tombs um in endurance mode where there is no way to to you know stop playing and resume it later uh it's all one run and so once you get to like 28 days into an endurance run in, in Tomb Raider which takes 4 hours and is impossibly hard it's the best I've ever done um not only are you not playing very well anymore, you don't want to be playing anymore. Like, the same run. Like, I mean, it's because... And more more so than that, the idea that the run itself, it's just like pinball. Like, I mean, I mastered... I love pinball, and I've mastered probably more machines than you have. The odds are very good that I've mastered more pinball machines than you have. Um, and the odds are almost certain that I've played more pinball machines than you have. Um, but I'm not trying to insult, you know, you. I don't know who you are, but you are, right now, my favorite person in the world. Uh, you're who I'm talking to. You are my dear, beloved listener, Noomsie, my brother, Noomsie. Um, but pinball machines, one of the problems with it, with them, can be once you get insanely good at a machine. And I've mastered the machine and have fucking rocked the high scores so hard that no one will ever challenge it again. There is a kind of a weird sense of preternatural dread of wanting... Uh, uh, I mean, you still want to play the machine, but you know how long it's going to take. It's going to take a single commitment of massive amounts of time right now, and it's going to be a linear commitment that cannot be broken. So, like, once you realize, oh, this is going to be a three and a half hour run, blah, that's okay. But the thing is, and one of the things that's so nice about Everspace, is that that actually, over the years, begins to tamp down your enthusiasm for really wanting to play the game at all, because you know that to break your high score, it'll take at least five hours. Um, you know, or whatever amount of time. It's going to take a, an and a fantastic run. And you just don't even know if you really have those five hours in you. And logistically, it's difficult to, you know, if you have a life at all, it's difficult to block out five fucking hours 
But then, here's the main point of this. Even worse is that in terms of like roguelikes, it has a very deleterious deleterious effect um, on your enthusiasm to play the game, which is why we don't why we no longer stream Rise of the Tomb Raider um, in endurance mode because you start to because once you realize like the time that you actually have a time boundary in terms of your own personal life, and it, if the game requires that in one sitting, then you know that you just you just lack the enthusiasm to go further than you've ever been before once you set an insane record like four hours you know, blah, 28 days or whatever, in Everspace because then it's like okay, well I could go for maybe 10 hours but I don't want to go for 10 hours in one sitting, you know, for reals right? Everspace solves this, if if you just want to save and quit, it, it that's fine you can continue at the start. It restarts the pocket for you. So if you're save scum, then you're save scum. I'm not save scum. When I die, I die. I'm on my 78th run out of 74 hours of Everspace. Um, the fact that it saves the game and has a rational adult-like approach to letting you resume your fucking run so you can be in sector four, you know, like maybe this, you know, fourth or fifth pocket of sector four, and just be tired or stoned or like find that you are like you know losing interest in the game itself by virtue of the fact that you've been this is like you know your third run of the day and you've been playing it for ironically six hours, but that's okay. Every run ends in ever space. By the way, that's the other nice thing probably shouldn't have told you that, but the name, the, it's not a spoiler because the name of the game is Everspace. So every run ends, but there is always something more to do. And in the process of upgrading and, and doing all this stuff to your ships, um, and unlocking all of the ships, and upgrading your pilot, and finding blueprints, and mastering the combat mechanics, and learning all of the creatures, all of the opposition, all of the areas, all of the environmental hazards, blah, all of that shit, it just goes on and on and on without being overwhelming. Um, it is a fantastic game. Uh, what I was trying to say before about the cockpit, though, is that what I see through my cockpit, I can tell what ship I'm flying, which is great, so if I'm resuming from, like, you know, last night's, you know, drunken stone fucking... Uh, you know, blah, and I'm like, oh, I'm in Sector 5, what the fuck am I, f-? I don't even have to go to the info page or anything like that, I can just look at the fucking windshield, and I like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm in a Scout, or I'm, I'm in a Sentinel, or I'm in an Interceptor. The other nice thing is that you can tell how damaged you are without having to take your eyes off of what you're looking at through the windshield, um, because your windshield will crack, and there are various different gradations of cracking, um, this is not something that the game trumpets, but it does, once you get good at it, it does become a major factor in terms of how fun and arcadey it is to play, but it is still a game of skill and also low, low tactics and even lower strategy. There are tons of side quests. Side quests persist between runs, which is awesome. 
Uh, there are all kinds of side quests. So that keeps even just the action itself varied, interesting, and involved. And it makes every, you know, every new sector that you get to in every run that you play adds another layer of complexity to your understanding of the map. And it, it took me, it takes about 20 hours before you can start putting together really lucrative, good runs. It took me about, oh, 50, you know, it took me more than that. It took me about 60 hours to beat the game. Although I've, I, I talked to players in the Twitch, uh, my Twitch channel, www.twitch.com slash skookiesprite, S-K-O-O-K-I-E-S-P-R-I-T-E, who have claimed that they beat the game in their first 17 runs, which I do not believe. I'm on run 79 right now, actually. And it wasn't until, like, fucking run 73 or 2 that I beat the game. But then when you beat the game, other stuff happens. And the game gets bigger, is what happens every time you beat the game. I'm not going to tell you how. There are other things to unlock. And they aren't just unlocks for unlock's sake. They are not just, like, cosmetic unlocks. They are, like, shit that makes you really much better and they're really hard to get and really hard to find and there's really a lot of them and there are multiple layers of them which is even better and I know this might sound really complicated and like really involved it is not this game is made to be an even more arcadey version of Descent Free Space in a slammed into a roguelike with better graphics than I mean basically any space shooter that you've played on a PC maybe ever it might be the best looking space shooter I've ever seen um it, that is entirely possible uh now they're okay so hang on uh I'm looking shit my notes are frozen again the only major complaint I have about about uh Everspace is that it has no hottest support on Linux which sucks because I do have a $400 top of the line Warthog hottest system right here that's like I mean, it's designed for X-Plane, more or less, or like, you know, traditional air combat simulators. Um, but it would be fucking fantastic in a Six Degree of Freedom game, but instead, I'm I'm relegated to using uh, a normal gamepad, you know, two sticks, D-pad, four shoulder buttons, and four normal X, Y, A, A, X, A, Y, B, or whatever the fuck. So that, that's kind of galling, but you get over that very quickly. You can also play it, all of the players who I have talked to on my Twitch stream who have been you know, they seemed like they knew what the fuck they were talking about to the point where they're expert enough for me to know that, okay, this guy probably has some tips for me. Um, they all like to play it with the keyboard and mouse. Which I find interesting and I understand the appeal of it because if you're playing it with the mouse or in my case a trackball, you can move the reticle, the target reticle of your ship. It's like your guns are not fixed position guns. Um, if you play it with a D-pad, with a gamepad, it's like your reticle is always in the center so you have to move your ship, reorient your ship to hit your targets. Um, the auto-aim is great. It depends on the weapon. All the weapons, all the technologies have massive implications and different um, behaviors and characteristics and etc. And they all have different auto-targeting technologies too. Um, I prefer to play it with the gamepad because I'm trying to avoid uh, the really horrible bout of carpal tunnel that I got on my left hand from playing uh, Dying Light with the keyboard. 
um, the gamepad is just easier for me to to constantly, you know, flex my wrist, even when I get really absorbed in the game, and basically everything that you need to do in Everspace, you can do on a, on a, on a gamepad. Other thing about hottest systems, there's no hottest support for Linux yet, but from the stuff that I've read on the discussion forums, the Windows users who have, because there's hottest enabled for Windows, um, have nothing but really, really bad complaints about uh, Hottest integration into Everspace, which is not a new game, by the way. And the reason for this, I think, is that, and it took me a long time to swallow my pride and say, okay, fine, I don't get to use my fucking $400 Hottest system in basically the only six degrees of freedom game that really runs very well and easily and looks fantastic on my Linux box, fine. Life sucks. Um, took me, like, maybe 40 hours before I got so addicted to the game that, like, that was no longer the first thought that entered my head every time I picked up the controller to, to play it, to play Everspace. Um, once you get over that, and once you get really into the game, you start to realize that when they say that they want to make a fast-paced arcade fucking space shooter with, like, you know, roguelike with realistic, you know, pseudo-realistic um, space simulation elements and far-flung science fiction blah and uh, craftable stuff and resource gathering and exploration, which we'll get to lastly because that's my, my favorite thing about uh, Everspace. Uh, they really meant arcade like, they meant, like, we want, like, they, they, it some of the finest controls that you're, you're gonna get to play. Like, a, I'm so much time I had to have gone into the controls for this game so that it could be played, a Six Degree of Freedom style game, without the ability to control the role of the ship using any standard generic gamepad. Um, so much time had to have gone into that. It, 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 and it's polished to the point where you don't even really notice how great it shines, um, which is the hallmark of fantastic controls. So, finally, before we get to our final verdict, my absolute favorite thing about Everspace is depending on your ship, every pocket, and depending on your sensors, or depending on how well you know what to look for visually and how far you can see and stuff. I'm not even going to tell you about the singularities because those are fucking nightmares. 75 hours into this game, I met a new enemy in my 74th hour, which is, it's called Everspace for a reason. But my favorite thing about this game are the asteroid fields, superstructures of destroyed capital ships, military installations, um, bandit outposts, uh, commercial, uh, commerce, GMB, they're, like, uh, multi-universal, multi-ga, I don't know, they, they, they run oil refineries and have a private security force, and, you know, they're fine with you, they're neutral with you being there, um, so long as you don't hurt anything or try to take anything, and you can eventually learn to trade with them, um, if you upgrade those things in, in your pilot skill set, um, every pocket 
is a fucking high adventure. And my favorite things are flying through these incredibly detailed um, wrecks. They are huge. They are like 150 times the size of your ship. So it's like now you are in a cross between Star Wars, Descent Free Space, and the original Descent 2, where it's close quarters, blah, and if you, you know, run into a wall and you're in a scout, not even going full speed, you'll just blow yourself up. I mean, you have shields and stuff, but I mean, it is, if you boost into a wall in the scout, you will just explode. Um, And so, and they're all procedurally generated. All of the wrecks, all of the parts of the wrecks, all of the parts of all of the interior places that you that you find and discover and explore, which is great, because that's what happens every time you, you get to a new pocket, you explore the pocket. You're looking for, for shit, for resources, for fungible materials and uh, carnage and, and, and credits, because you need the credits to upgrade your ships. It is amazing, but so so you're fly so once you get good at the game, you are finding these massive or like asteroid fields that are just fucking insanely complex and it's it's great it's great because once you get really good at the game you're like boosting through this while fighting 17 other fucking guys who are swarming around you while like death rays and lasers explode out of the walls as you are flying through basically the Death Star Trench run from like uh, Return of the Jedi style you know, close quarters complexity with all these jagged, you know, uh, metal parts sticking in, all this shit. And you're, you're flying through it not at the pedestrian tempo that you uh, used to, the cautious pedestrian tempo that you used to 50 hours ago. Now you are boosting, which is like the nitrous oxide equivalent. Um, and depending on your ship, you can boost for a long time, but it's significantly faster, and, uh, if you don't know what you're doing, and if you don't know the ship, significantly harder to control and handle, so you're flying through these giant things that are, like, death traps, and they're filled with landmines, oh, I'm in a landmine, I'm in a minefield inside of a fucking ruined space hulk, and I'm flying as fast as possible, and sense of speed is pretty good, and I am fighting 17 different things, and I'm fucking, I gotta, yeah, I'm trying to get to this storage crate or whatever, and beyond that, there's all sorts of shit that is unscripted, exactly like that, and, uh, amazing, like, you'll, you'll, you'll discover, uh, um, outlaw asteroid bases and shit that are, like, sometimes they're, or, or giant space wrecks, like, Rex wrecks, that aren't, like, um, fly through the wrecks, but are, like, two ships that, like, somehow collided and exploded at the same, two, like, massive capital ships, way bigger than anything that I've ever fought in the game. The capital ships that you fight in the game, though, are deadly enough, and they're really, really cool. Capital ship fights are just really neat, and they are all different, like, some, you know, uh, just like everything, and everything is always visually just a perfect blend of every amazing visual element that they could throw at you and that's true of every pocket in every possible combination and it is fantastic (coughs) the game is 
Um, I would also say, finally, in conclusion, that the game is absolutely almost perfectly balanced, I would say. In terms of difficulty, um, you don't even need to like fucking space combat to really like this game. And the story of the game, the story of your character and stuff, which unravels slowly, and all of the interesting characters that you meet and who you form alliances with and who sometimes go away for forever and it's difficult to figure out which ones go away forever, which ones don't and, uh, you know, blah and the types of side missions that you can you can have infinite side missions at all times um, but only one from each supplier and, and there are lots of and you, you meet them randomly and uh, you meet the objective locations generally randomly too with some exceptions. Um, all told, it is just... I mean, between all of that shit and the fact that it's a roguelike with all of these many, many excellent layers of complexity, strategy, and even tactics. The only tactics that really... I, I, I mean, uh, tactics, not strategy. Um, all these different layers of tactics... Which ultimately, by the time you beat the game, like you start to develop some strategies, uh, and you you have uh, more nuanced understanding of um, of what your run is going to hopefully look like, what you need to get, what you don't need to get, when do you need to get it, and stuff like that. Like I'm talking about mining resources. Oh, and by the way, linger too long in a pocket, and uh, the enemy aliens will warp in in literally. Uh, fleet, f- fleet, navy fleet caliber, force and number. They will fucking kill you if you. And this is like from the very beginning of the game. Linger too long in a pocket, it'll you'll get a warning. It'll say, "Our forces are inbound," which means you got to align to the jump point and get the fuck out of there as fast as possible. Um, the first two sectors you can maybe kill a lot of them, but they will depending on what, you know, you're flying, they will fuck you up, and your run will be significantly shorter for having endured um, the outrageous combat that you, I mean, if you want to, like, jump to, like, Sector 5 in Sector 1, then just start killing all, I mean, you, you, that's the coolest thing, there's, like, two phases when you jump into a pocket, basically, like, you, you look around first, and then you fly around, but as you're flying around, you're also evaluating all of the enemy opposition that's there, that you can see, that your sensors can detect. Sometimes your sensors can't detect them. Sometimes they can. Depends on the opposition. Depends on the number. Depends on what type of fucking opposition it is. But then you eliminate them. Or as many of them as you need to eliminate to accomplish your goal. Sometimes that is to blo- to unblock a warp suppressor so that you can actually warp out of the pocket. Sometimes it's to gather enough resources so that you can, or fuel, or whatever, so you can craft something, or so that you can warp without, um, without taking uh, warp damage from having no fuel. Um, sometimes, very often, it's nanobots. You need nanobots all the time. Those are what repair your ships. And your ship has individual subsystems. All of this sounds complicated, right? It's not. It is arcadey and fast-paced with a lot of sophistication and the graphics are spectacular the explosions in this game are the second best to Mad Max that is a fact Um, when you blow up a cap ship 
Your first cap ship, you're going to remember it for a long fucking time. So, to that end, I have to give Everspace... Uh, let's go... I have to go back to the store page and... and uh, Everspace, which is $37... It, it says the bundle for it, Everspace Ultimate Edition, is 25% off, but doesn't say when that expires. So I would get it soon. Um, Because, you know, it sucks to wait for forever for a game to go on sale. Like, I mean, like, for forever, ever. Because Everspace is going to be a timeless classic. Anyone who who's played this game, how many fucking alt... Mostly positive, all reviews, 3,278. Uh, recent reviews mixed at 259, which is why I really made it a point to not let the fact that we were going to review this game slip through the cracks. Because sometimes I say that and we just run a feature on it. This is a definitive review. I am telling you that Everspace, if you have a gamepad, I don't know when it's not 25% off, but you need to buy the Ultimate Edition at $37.47 because Everspace earns Best Linux Games Podcast highest honor that we can af- uh, award to any game in a review. Uh, it is worth full price, all price, all the time, all day, every day, forever. Um, be sure, though, that you get the Ultimate Edition, which is 8 or $9 more. The, the normal edition is $29.99. Uh, the Ultimate Edition is $37.47. The Ultimate Edition has the uh, Everspace Encounters DLC, which, as I learned from... P- which is what I bought. Which, I, But uh, I didn't know what was original content from the DLC and what was just the game, because I had never played the game before. Until people on my Twitch stream were like, what the fuck is that? I'm like, oh, that's a slime. Like, what do you mean it's a slime? I'm like, oh, it's a, it's a slime. You, you scan it, like... Like what? What are you talking? You, what? You never seen one of these? You said you played the game. Like, like no. I'm like, oh, okay. That must be downloadable content. There are all these creatures, all these side missions, all this stuff. Now, this game is absolutely worth full price, especially with that DLC bundled with it. So it's either thirty bucks or thirty eight dollars. This. Only other complaint that anyone could probably have other than ones that I've outlined is that the game is deceptively simple when you start. But everything else, the story, the graphics, all that stuff, and then eventually once you get more powerful and have money and have bought upgrades and found a bunch of blueprints, I still don't have all the blueprints. I mean, I'm nowhere near all the blueprints. Um, and then there's other things after you beat the game because you never need to stop playing it. That's why it's called Everspace and that's why it wins our fucking worth full price seal of approval. So check out Everspace. Check out the show blurb. Uh, oh, and if you want, uh, th- that's our show for this week, by the way. Um, check us out on Twitch, twitch.com slash Sprite. S-K-O-O-K-I-E-S-P-R-I-T-E. That's me. Um, anytime there's a chance that there's like a fucking 30% chance that any time, any given day, any hour of the day, any day of the week that I am live streaming right then um, it might not be exactly what you know you want, but jump in the chat and uh, uh, you know, say hi and I, I'll talk to you um, sometimes, most of the time I'm, I try, I, I've, I, I've gone the hang of being more present in the chat because I found out NZNB told me that people were asking me questions and stuff 
during numerous times that he'd sat in on the live stream or watched the videos on demand, which you can also do, because if we are not live streaming, we have 280 fucking videos that you can watch uh, just by clicking on the videos uh, tab at the top of our Twitch page. There's 275 videos right now. It's, it, it, all types of games. Um, that's really cool, because if, we, if, if we're streaming something that is also being recorded by Twitch, to a video on demand which is great all for you so if you want to see these or other games or etc check out our twitch page it's pretty good our twitch stream is pretty good we're getting the hang of it um famous last words by the way famous last fucking words because you know 10 days ago this time last week we couldn't even fucking live stream anything because obs and twitch were just fucking imploding in terms of like, like oh yeah okay, good you have you know 4,000 4, kilobits a second and uh, you know you go for four, 5 minutes or whatever and oh yeah you're at 0 kilobits a second which is uh, anyway we're and like our microphone technique is getting better a little bit and uh, etc um, and I try to keep it tight as tight as possible I mean I do have to eat and I do have to do other things at times, you know, certain things pop up, so like there are breaks in the action, but nothing too excessive, and if I know I'm going to be away for a long time, I, you know, I say we're gonna goodbye, um, so check out the Twitch stream, and uh, check out the website, www.bestlinksgames.com, uh, where you can read previous iterations of the column, um, by clicking at the link on the top of the page, it says the column, it's a very ugly website, and our column all right, the, the format for our column pages is even uglier, but the copy that's inside the columns is functional and good, I would say. Um, so yeah, that'll do it for us. I will see you next week. Happy Friday the 13th and happy Everspacing. Four or five times. A good idea. Four or five times. Hi there. There is delight in doing things right. Four or five times. It is I, E.B. Farnham. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna try four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yaddy yaddy oh, four or five times. We're gonna have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop two. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Three, yada, yada, e, four or five times. Matt Damon. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farnham. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. 
to subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.